Okay. Hi, everyone. I'm not sure if this is working on take two at all, um, but had a bit of drama there with the... I went on to a different browser and things like that. So hopefully this second stream is live. I think that we've got some people stuck on the first one. And so uh, if this doesn't tick up and you can't hear me, let me know. Apologies. Um, so I'm Jack Chu, and this is a daily show that we do, which has now done a, over 100 episodes, of which none of them have gone quite as badly as this morning, so uh, this afternoon. So apologies for that. Really wanted to give it another go. Another few minutes and I'd have bailed for the day. But um, on a different browser, using a different connection, and it seems to be behaving itself a bit better now. So apologies, but here I am. Uh, to, wanting to talk about professional regulation because it keeps coming up, right? So every now and again on social media, I reckon it was monthly before, um, but now it feels like weekly at least, uh, people start talking about professional regulation, protected title, etc. Now, I'm just checking the comments. Matt Scarsbrook saying bad sound. Um, so help me out with this. Let me try and... Um, is that any better? You guys hear me on that? Shall we scrap the bit? Scrap the big microphone. Forgive the sound check. We'll get there eventually. I think. Just let me know. Does that sound any better now that I've? I think I've turned this one off. I think I'm onto onto this. Just use the lapel on the on the headphones. Oh, now Ollie's saying it's fine before. <laughs> is this is this just Scarsbrook trolling me? Or it's he's got a problem with his speakers and I've just changed everything. Right. I'm sticking with this. <laughs> what a chaotic start to the show. See, I'm with Brian on this. Look, big is better. I like it. Cheers, Brian. <laughs> Ollie's saying it's worse now. I, I, I don't know if there's a lag, you see. Hopefully, this one behaves itself. Right, I'm going for it, right? If this if this stops working, it stops working. Um, hopefully, I'll be joined by some of my mates who are going to talk about professional regulation. However, they may well have bailed. Um, they may well have bailed because of the chaos that's just ensued. But anyway... It's sort of a hot topic that seems to be coming back around. Now, I might not be able to cover it, especially in 20 minutes. It was going to be ambitious in half an hour, but generally we'll, we can talk about this again uh, in the coming weeks. Things crop up with regulation in terms of what titles should be legally protected. Physiotherapist, osteopath, chiropractor, sports therapist, sports rehabilitator, doctor, nurse, all sorts of different allied health professions. Then there's the notion of what what should we be accountable to as a regulator that we that we sort of pay to be on a, a register and then you what standards should you uphold and that's a interesting conversation between people that want a if there is a regulator super light touch regulation versus some more heavy-handed what should you submit ongoing um, is often an interesting conversation. So physiotherapists, if you don't know, are regulated by the Health Professions Council, Healthcare Professions Council, which is the only medical um, regulator that is, uh, healthcare profession regulator that is multidisciplinary. Um, the caros have one, the osteos have one, uh, the doctors have one, the nurses have one. I think there might be one other. 
But then there's the HCPC that covers uh, a, a large amount more professionals, OTs, physios, podiatrists, etc. And they are typically our regulator. Um, now, they there's two, it's hard to, you know, they do various things or purport to, uh, but typically there's sort of safety related fitness to practice stuff. And then there's um, your, so, so that's as if there's something that someone's clearly breached guidance, et cetera, or abuse, even sort of illegality around it, or um, someone's made an allegation uh, that they've then breached the code of conduct of which they signed for. And then there's the sort of ongoing continued professional development checks whereby there's been no claim or cause for investigation, but there are certain touch points. And so in the HCPC, for example, they take a sample every few years of people then submit a portfolio of CPD to continue as a, as a means of at least suggesting that that's meant to check whether or not you're keeping up to date. Now, there are plenty of versions of this, but essentially the... They are, the HCPC and all the other councils that I've just mentioned that are other regulators of other healthcare professions, they sit underneath what is the PSA, the Professional Standards Authority, uh, which has uh, another style of regulation as well uh, for other bodies. Um, and certainly sports rehabilitators um, fit under that uh, in our game, but also other complementary therapies uh, sometimes sit under the PSA on a, a more voluntary register scheme. Um, and so that's considered regulation in, in other ways as well. And so it ends up being a really interesting topic because people at the moment are considering, and it's been, it's been out for a while really, it's a, a white paper that we were looking into as part of MSKR, um, early stages of that, even when we published our manifesto for reform. The HCPC and other regulators have been challenged in many ways. Some consider them to be too heavy-handed in some instances. Some people consider them to be um, too light-touch in other instances. But I would say as well, my kick, my cards on the table. I feel that they are not fit for purpose in their current format. That's the that's the thing that uh, we've been critical of, and the MSK reform manifesto for reform had been um, pretty clear as to where we felt that they were failing. Um, and so, um, Ollie's just clarified. I don't know if this is different to what I said, or he's just agreeing with me. But the PSA, the regulator of the regulators, right? They check in on the regulators. Uh, they also have other functions, though, the PSA, in terms of their voluntary, voluntary accreditation type stuff. But yes, Ollie's right, especially in this context. So the PSA, for example, came out with a report basically holding the HCPC to account for some of its failings recently. And that's a good example. And so you can go down that rabbit hole if you wish. Uh, I'll find the links if I can. But there are certain different subtopics, and I think we could probably do them on different shows with regards to protection of titles, pros and cons. Uh, but the regulator's role in general been partly called into question because of the politics of it recently, meaning that there's definitely circumstances where um, people are, are questioning as to whether it's got any utility at all, whether or not there's any need for uh, the current style of regulation that we have. Um, and so there's people that fear that that would then lead to a real Wild West uh, type situation. Uh, and then there are, there are others that, uh, that feel like that would be a smart move because, as I said, um, and I've been one that's accused it of not being fit for purpose, therefore do you dismantle it? So it ends up being uh, fraught with challenges. Now, I'm going to try and bring in Daniel Gerber here because he's joined me on the stream, but as far as I can tell, and I've had some technical issues, for those that are just joining, I'm sorry about the uh, technical issues I've been having, but I don't know if, uh, Dan, can you hear me? I can hear you, I can see you. You see, I can hear you, but I can't see you. Uh, That's got to be an improvement. I mean, I'm certainly not going to uh, be upset about that, uh, <laughs> as, as the audience shouldn't be, but I don't know if they can. 
Um, so I'll just uh, I'll just double check that. But um, whilst I can hear you, let's assume that the others can, and maybe they can see you too. And it's my problem with my computer. But um, you posted a, an interesting article recently that's uh, stirred debate in various different forums. Just tell us a little bit about that, and then obviously don't be shy to give your take as well. So yeah, there was a, a post on one of the osteopathic forums I saw originally um, that was talking about uh, where um, the register the regulators were going and what was going to happen with them were they going to disappear things like that and i put a little bit of comment with it as well because i don't just like popping stuff in there it's, you've got to have a bit of you as well so that went in there as well and what it would mean for me what it would mean for you and what other people thought about it uh to try and just basically get reaction from the professions uh right. from people involved and um yeah i'm i was i was an osteopath, an osteopath for 20 years i left general hospital council in 2019 um and now uh i'm on the member of the sta uh sports therapy association yeah because uh, i think some form of registration is necessary but i'm with you i just don't think that regulators are currently fit for purpose they don't do what they what they're supposed to do uh but it was really quite interesting what also i posted it in a sports therapy group uh physio group and it was also in an osteopathy group as well and all the different um groups that i posted into seemed to have very very different takes on what this meant for them and their profession okay. and that was actually that was really quite interesting um, so tell me about those differences dan because I've, I've paid a bit of attention to it but i've had a busy week and probably yeah. not as close as i'd like so what's been the well, what has the, been the key differences that you've felt the the osteopaths seem to be pretty happy about general osteopathic council going um that's a generalization but yeah a lot of people don't like the general hospital council can't see the benefit only see the the negatives of it right. and you'd agree you'd agree with that with your experience would you um yes and no uh okay we can come back to that then sorry yeah i think that's really another that's probably another day's talk but yeah <laughs> go on go on then I'd go to the it. go to the other the other groups then the, the sports therapists saw it as potential for um an opening for them on equal footing if no one's registered then everyone's in the same place is this right. a way into sports clubs is this a way into the nhs can we be um you know, equal to physios within the health service. Right. Um, is there that possibility there? I'm paraphrasing some of this. Uh, and the physios generally seemed more happy with the status quo. They were more worried about the opening up the Wild West, as you described it. Right. Um, my take on that is I think the physios probably have less to be worried about with the chartered part. You know, you still have the CSP afterwards. You won't have the HCPC potentially, but you know your physio is properly qualified because they have the charter in front of it. Um, I want to still want to see a physio, or do I want to see a proper physio? And if you have that degree of connectivity, uh, I can't think of the best way of describing it. If the CSP are sitting at the head of these charters, they can go to universities and say, "Actually, mate." Um, we don't like this course and we're not going to give we're not going to let people that qualify from this course automatically gain a charter you need to strengthen up this 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 and this to receive a charter mark um 
General Hospital Council, if that goes, the General Hospital Council actually performed that. And prior to General Osteopathic Council forming, there were maybe five or six different registers. Um, yeah. Almost each university had its own register. So you could have, if it went back to that, in theory, you could have lots of different registers forming again with lots of different um, measures of capability. Nice one. Yeah, Ollie, um, Ollie Thompson's just posted a, uh, a link in here. It says, for those that want to take a deep dive into osteopath view of regulation, see the McGiven report. Uh, he's just posted a link into that on Facebook. I'll try if I can to just, um, I don't think I've got the ability on screen to post that across the other channels if you're watching this on LinkedIn or Twitter or what have you. But um, if you go to Facebook and find the Chewing It Over feed, there's a link on there that Ollie's just posted. I'm sure that's interesting. Dan, just on this, there's two things. There's two things I just want to pick up, and obviously we're we're much shorter on time because of technology yep. issues. And I'm sorry about that, mate. We'll definitely pick this up again. But um, what I what I wonder is, you know, I've I've been critical of the HCPC and other regulatory bodies for not being fit for purpose. However, yep. that 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 doesn't therefore necessarily mean dismantle and not replace, it, or it doesn't necessarily mean to uh, strengthen them um, and improve them reform them as i would often use the language of um and i think that that's something that is always a it's a fascinating discussion with regards to regulation because it is inherently political is that you've got some people that are libertarian enough to want most things to be unregulated right they wouldn't have environmental regulations on um yeah. power plants right you know it's like that yeah. that's that's just the way that some people are uh, whereas other, others feel that um, tight legislative restrictions and mandates are the, are the things that that really they you know typically someone that's into uh, a, as large a state as possible would would feel that that is something that is appropriate because humans need containing and can't be trusted you know that's kind of where it gets political really quickly on that is the protection is always after the horse has bolted right you know if someone does something wrong they're penalized after it's happened there's nothing potentially that's proactive it's always reactive so yeah. a complaint's got to be made before something's been done now i don't necessarily want governing bodies to go in and sort of, I don't know, um, trap people. I can't think what the, the word is for that. Uh, but, you know, there's a, uh, you know, to go in and just start, um, yeah, start trapping them, start asking questions and just trying to preempt complaints. But they're always about doing something afterwards. They never, they never seem to be about improving the body. You know, someone in your, your profession does something you're maybe a little bit dubious about, you're not quite happy with, how comfortable do the do most of the professions feel, you know, grassing up, I'm using the finger marks there, um, grassing up the, the miscreant. Uh, yeah, we don't feel comfortable doing that because they're going to be punished. They're not going mm. to be improved. Mm. Uh, and this is, we need to feel comfortable telling people, we need to feel comfortable telling our governing bodies that we have a concern here could they have a look at it? Look at it without suspending them, without punishing them. Um, yeah. So it's, um, that, it's that heavy-handedness that that you feel sometimes gets misapplied. Um, just on on that, would you would you say that? Um, I mean, because because in your opinion, it's not fit for purpose, as that as is mine. Do you feel that therefore, in lieu of a better solution? to not have one at all or not have them at all if we're talking across the across the 
the three main ones in MSK really are the HCPC, the Osteopathic Council, and then the General Chiropractic Council. That, yeah. that all do a similar sort of thing, but have their own. They are their own entities. Would you say that in lieu of in lieu of a better solution, then it's better to not have one than to use what we currently have as the platform to something better? What What's your sort of take on that? Um. No, <laughs> uh, we have uh, we have these bodies that are doing a job, uh, but you know, um, okay, maybe not so much me. But someone does uh, an advanced massage course. Uh, they've got a little bit of history of going to the gym. They feel they know what they're talking about, and next week they decide to call themselves a physiotherapist. Is that safe? Is that good? Should that be allowed? Yeah. Um, then maybe not. Maybe we do need someone defining what it is. Like uh, you said, that's a really good point as well, Daniel. Is that, that because the CSP is a very different body to a regulator these days? Then essentially, you would have then potentially have physiotherapists and chartered physiotherapists because there'd be a relevancy of the of the qualification. Funnily yeah. enough, it's one of the things I've accused the CSP of doing is the fact that chartership means nothing as it stands. The absence of a regulator means that it suddenly would it'd do them a great favour, uh, and, and and weirdly uh, they would end up walking into that style of. Uh, yeah, that style of of, of subregulation in a sense that the chartership would matter because uh, anyone could declare himself a Jenny Joe blogs could declare himself a physiotherapist. Chartership would suddenly matter. Shame it to be at bachelors compared to how we usually use the term chartership in our in our yep. culture with regards to chartered accountants, chartered surveyors, etc. I just want to bring in a couple of comments that are really interesting. So there's a comment here from Jenny Archer. She's been pretty active uh, on this thread with you uh, and Mark Scarsbrook. I know I've been active on it as well. Um, where she's, she's sort of saying a, a bit of what we've already talked about, but also uh, that physiotherapists could not negotiate uh, this when it first became a protected title. So what we what regulatory board people in other professions would be under uh, is something that wasn't necessarily a choice given to various different other professions. Um, I think that's an interesting point, Jenny. I, I definitely would like to discuss that with you further because to me, the dismantling or disbanding of the existent bodies in order to build something better um and to and to then have that sub you know that that um uh, as we're describing it the risks that we understand it uh as being that people fear that it'd be a bit of a wild west but essentially you would always have that protection of title through the chartership it'd suddenly matter ruth mcdonald i, f I feel I've, I've just read this unless if i'm understanding you rightly ruth i think you might have misunderstood us uh, physiotherapy students are taught about professional regulations from the first week not after the horse has bolted i don't think we were inferring that the education was after the horses bolted, uh, were we, Dan? Uh, nah. I certainly was. I think we were meaning, Ruth, that, that these things are often reactive rather than proactive, that there isn't a, an improvement of these professions by the regulators or, or, or a tendency to try to, to get ahead and to raise standards. Uh, it's more that there's simply punishment for once breaches and safety is, is then not followed. So we weren't necessarily inferring anything about education, unless you've got anything to add on that, Dan. No, I mean, uh, we're always taught about, you know, standards you have to achieve. But if you fail to achieve those standards over a protracted period of time, um, nothing happens to us a complaint made. Uh, how, 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 is, how are standards, um, you know, you punish someone once, entrapment, that's the thing, you know, that was the word I was looking right, for right, before. Right. Um, yeah. How do we... The authorities get involved once a complaint has been made. Yeah. That's after the horse has 
bolted. Yeah, you're meaning yeah, you're meaning reactive over proactive. I think one of yeah. the things here is that Bernadette's made a point here. Regulation should be preventative. Obviously, that's what it's it's designed to do, and that's what we're kind of talking about, whether it's fit for purpose or not. How are patients protected if a body regulates itself? Um, the GCC regulates chiros, the CSP regulates physios. Just a correction on that, Bernadette. The CSP isn't a regulator; it's a membership voluntary mem membership body. Um, the HCPC is the regulator that governs physiotherapy, podiatry, occupational therapy, and most other allied health professions. Um, Self-regulation, the patients have nowhere to go. That, that's that, that's one of the fascinating things. I think one of the strongest arguments against um, the disbanding of the regulators, as we understand is being considered, um, is definitely that um, the, the you know, would that have a net drag on patients' uh, experiences? Uh, would it mean that the quality would drop? That's a, that's one of the things that I think we'd need to that needs to be answered to really. Um, Dan, do you think that we would be in a better or worse situation if we were to to disband these current regulators? And then that's in the in the short term. Second question would be in the medium or longer term. Do you think that actually there should be some regulation that that does come in uh, from that point? I think we need to have a vision of where we need to or want to or probably need to go. We need to have an idea of where we're at. So if we're removing regulators, if we're merging regulators, where do we want it to be? I also think we need to have regulators that in a way start to bring um, the power back to the professions rather than hoarding the power for themselves. Mm. Uh, an example of that may be uh, in... Um, with say osteopaths general Australia council um it uses almost like a court-based system of in the hearing uh and the patient is a witness to their own complaint they're not front and center of their own complaints they have no power over it right uh i think maybe a more mediated uh thing would work better for a better way of putting that so mm. yeah you get the two together what do you want what has this person done wrong what do you want from them? Do you want them to be struck off? No. Yes. You just want to make sure it doesn't happen again. Okay. Do you want it to be flagged? Yeah. Do you want it to be flagged, and therefore there be a module of, of improvement that can help people to adhere to standards? One of the things that I have a problem with with HCPC is that essentially it is just a tick box exercise, right? Yeah. I get an, I get a series of emails leading up to a date where they want some more money off me, and essentially it's just that I, I tick the boxes. Like it, it's it's totally. It, I've met a couple of people that infer that they then study that over the course of a few days, right? And they just make sure that they're meeting those. So you just tick those boxes and pay your fees, right? You, you know, it's like I'm, I'm not alone there. I've spoken to most people. I'd say 99% of people then say, yeah, it's just a tick box exercise because that's your, your mandate, you know, going through the regulation process. But you're just ticking those boxes and then I'm completely unchecked. And that's all well and good, apart from the fact that unfortunately there's some people that can therefore be unscrupulous. But that's not because necessarily they're breaching on safety grounds. It's just that they're not necessarily doing what they're saying they're doing they're so there is self-regulation but with a charge and therefore when people think that i think people have got this sometimes utopian vision of what the hcpc is doing or is meant to do and it's sort of a bit of a a bit of a false safety net really i think that people think it's doing more than it is now the protection title thing i definitely want to do for another show um Interestingly, I've got a comment here which is fun that says that I don't even get the email. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm describing emails that trigger me. Um, but yeah, um, we've, we've got a really lovely comment here that I really wish I could get into. But problem is when it's a long one, I can't really pull it all on screen and I can't read it. 
beyond what it will show. And it also, if it comes through the Facebook group, it only comes up as Facebook user. I'm working on a way to get around this. But there's a lovely comment there that's on the Facebook group, this therapist support Facebook group, including the fact that there are certain things where uh, whoever this Facebook user is, is sort of describing um, the fact that there's, there's something to be said for um, some regulation, but certainly it definitely needs to improve, which I think is where me and you end up sitting really, Dan, is that we need to think yeah. about what it is we're trying to achieve um, and then and then work from there rather than just be using some of these archaic tools that people infer are doing more than they are. Yeah, and uh, there was a point you made, which I've actually got completely forgotten now, uh, that I thought, yeah, Jack's got that completely right uh, i think we have this yeah this utopian view of what there's what they do or what they're supposed to do and maybe not that they fail in doing it it's just they don't do it to the best of their abilities i suppose mm. one of the other things is is uh last week i think it was i noticed in one of the osteopathic groups uh someone can someone said general public council had managed had managed to remove someone from the register so their insurance wasn't valid in theory they couldn't have worked through covid as well because they weren't a registered osteopath right um and yeah there are a few other bits and pieces now general Hospital council have messed up there their admin was shocking eventually they sorted it out but recently getting hold of general Hospital council uh has been quite hard because we've been working from home and they don't appear to have been that efficient i've not had any uh, experience of this but this person I, i've got to say how many people would feel comfortable making a complaint about the regulator mm. yeah, we're yeah they, they wouldn't even know where to go to right who regulates the regulator i mean the psa does and yeah. that's what's interesting especially in recent times where they've actually been uh, fairly scathing of the hcpc in recent times on their reports and stuff so this sometimes i get irritated by people thinking the hcpc is better than it is um but also that the that then they don't realize that actually it's failing on many of its uh, its margins, especially repeatedly uh, when when reviewed by the PSA. Final comment here from Matt Scarsbrook, because we're over time. That's my fault, Dan. Sorry about that. Sorry, don't we'll worry. We'll definitely pick this back up, mate. Regulation boils down to patient safety. Is there the suggestion that regulation is the only way to ensure patient safety? Also, when was the last time the regulated MSK practices were reviewed based on their danger to public safety? This is one of the things that's interesting. I totally agree with Matt there, um, is that... One of the, oh, sorry, here we go. Well, I said last comment and I've just ended up clicking on more. Sorry, we need to wrap up. But generally, just a final point from me on this is that that's what we need to keep in mind is we want to improve patient safety and let, let's stop making assumptions as to how to do that, right? I think there's something to be said for the fact that, that regulation has a part to play, but what style, what depth, um, how are people monitoring it? How can we be proactive rather than reactive as Dan has mentioned well here? Um, but also let's, let's not make... I'm bored of the assumptions as to what people think. There's, there's something to be said, and it happens a lot in physiotherapy, but also across various different professions. I've certainly met plenty of osteopaths of this, that, that, that there's a, the perception is not close to reality with regards to just how fit for purpose these things are. And I know because of the boring task that we had on the governance work that we did for MSKR to try and look really deeply into this. And, and so fundamentally, we need to think again and, and to, to really get all the, all the cards on the table, which is obviously my favorite expression in, in these times and exactly what this show's about. A show that was cut short by 10, 15 minutes. So we're in five minutes over, but we're going to wrap up at that. Um, if there's further interest in this topic, which there always seems to be, especially on some of the more detailed stuff like the protected title stuff, also visit mine and Dan Gerber's uh, first episode of Chewing It Over Together 
few was it a few weeks ago, a couple of months, months ago, ago Dan, now, yeah. Um, which was interesting because Dan's got an interesting story with regards to being now an ex osteopath that's no longer on that register, and so we want to make sure that that's in place so that people know uh, Dan's context as well coming into this conversation. Thanks a lot for coming on, Dan, especially considering all the glitches and stuff. Mate. Thanks for having me. But uh, we'll speak again soon, no doubt. And thank you all for for your comments and feedback. Keep them coming in, and have a lovely weekend. I'll see you next week. Speak um, to you later. We've got a, we've got a lot more to come. All right, all the best then. Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye.